Welcome to the All Things Protest Podcast. I'm your host today, Christian Curran. I've got my co-host here, Olivia Lynch. And today, we're going to take a quick spin through an interesting case from late last year that deals with the evaluation of price. So this is really like a price realism case without the price realism. It's a very on-point joke, Olivia. And while price realism protests are nothing new, uh, as Olivia alluded to, this is not your traditional fact pattern and contains a very interesting analysis. So, Olivia, why don't you walk us through the case? Sure. So the case is SAIC B number B420005. Um, and it was decided in late October 2021. And the procurement at issue involved the acquisition of hardware and materials by DLA on a contract with a potential 10-year duration to meet DLA's needs worldwide. And relevant, I think, to how the agency's evaluation of proposals um, you know, carried out was that this was not a uh, simple recompete. Rather, it represented a reform effort stemming from DOD's um, efforts to modernize its business operations, and among other things, DOD was trying to leverage the commercial supply chain and optimize physical inventory uh, through this procurement. Rather than the usual method of acquiring solicited goods under separate contracts, this procurement provided for a single contractor to act as the agency's purchasing, warehousing, distributing, financing, and billing agent, um, in essence, to stand in the shoes of DLA for the purposes of managing DOD's requirements for hardware and abrasives under a certain federal stock group. So in addition to the non-price factors, the RFP called for uh, consideration of price. As is relevant here, the solicitation did not include a price realism evaluation scheme, but rather noted that price would be evaluated for reasonableness, balance, and completeness. Two offerers responded, uh, SAIC and Noble Sales Company. The agency engaged in discussions with both offerers, uh, ultimately getting separate from them. SAIC was rated higher under the technical and past performance factors, but Noble had a significant price advantage of about $500 million dollars coming in at just over a billion, while SAIC's, SAIC's price was $1.5 billion. And notably, the agency found that SAIC's price was unreasonably high, uh, and so therefore moved forward with the award to Noble. SAIC protested on multiple grounds, but the GAO decision focuses on two, uh, the lack of adequate discussions and the evaluation of price. Thanks, Olivia. Um, and so the analysis here is, is really interesting. Um, so while the RFP did not contain any realism criteria, SEIC argued that the agency failed to consider the risk proposed by Noble's low prices, which sounds a lot like a price realism argument. Uh, but in this case, SEIC hinged their argument on the fact that DLA had asked offerers to provide substantiating information to support the proposed pricing but then apparently ignored the fact that Noble didn't provide it based on the record that, that they've got. So the agency argued in defense that SAIC's protest challenge was, in fact, a realism challenge. And because there were no realism criteria, uh, that challenge should have been dismissed. Uh, GAO disagreed, noting specifically that the agency had sought this additional supporting information from offerors as part of its reasonableness determination, which the solicitation did provide for, and that the challenge to the lack of, of data submitted by Noble impacted the reasonableness issue. So while this, this may kind of look like a realism concern, 
um, because SASC was arguing that Noble's low prices created risk. In the way it was framed before GAO, it really did impact the reasonableness analysis due to the agency's request of information for establishing reasonableness. Olivia, do you want to elaborate a little bit more on on how GAO dug into this? Sure. Yeah. GAO analyzed the issue by focusing on the agency's reliance on Noble's unsupported pricing in order to determine that SAIC's price was unreasonably high. Um, And through that lens, GAO noted that while SAIC had submitted extensive information supporting its pricing, the government essentially ignored that information and focused on Noble's unsupported price and the agency's own IGCE, which itself was not well supported, in concluding that SAIC's price was unreasonable. Notably, in discussing the utility of the IGCE here, GAO noted that the IGCE data was outdated because it failed to take into account the dramatic shifts in market conditions and supply line disruptions occasioned by the pandemic. Um, So essentially, GAO found that the record demonstrated that the agency had relied on two unsupported pieces of uh, price information while ignoring the robust support that SAIC had provided in making its reasonableness determination. And this is what rendered the price evaluation unreasonable. Yeah, that's exactly right, Olivia. I guess you could query whether this decision gives offerors who are interested in protesting on realism grounds, but whose solicitations don't contain a realism provision, some sort of ammunition. And I think given the fact of this case, I'd be wary to draw broad generalizations like that about it. Um, I don't think that the way the decision is written here really contradicts the general rule that absent a realism evaluation criterion, a protest alleging a lack of a realism evaluation is deficient, but it certainly provides a creative way to tackle the problem from a reasonableness perspective. Um, and it shows that the agency's reasonable analysis that might be based on a faulty underlying data in making a reasonableness determination, you know, that could be a, a way to get in. But the trick there is is that you have to have a determination that your price was unreasonably high in the first instance in order to make that argument. So if you're in a situation where you've lost the award and you want to make this argument, but your price hasn't been determined to be unreasonably high, it, it, I'm not sure this would work absent the particular facts of this case. Uh, but it, it certainly is an interesting one because we see all the time Cases come in uh, trying uh, to to argue realism where there is an absence of a realism criteria. And this is, I mean, one of the only instances I can recall where I've seen uh, a realism type argument uh, get get twisted around and work in a reasonableness context. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, Christian. And I'll also just note for our audience that GAO also sustained on um, the second protest ground that the agency had adequate discussions with SAIC, and that's because um, even while engaging in discussions with SAIC about its price, it never informed SAIC that its price was unreasonably high. And SAIC obviously alleged that had they been told that, they would have lowered its prices or provided the agency with, you know, even more information to demonstrate that they were not, in fact, unreasonably high. Uh, And and GAO basically dealt with this discussions challenge in a single page, relying on its well-established case law that where an agency, you know, finds an offer's pricing to be unreasonably high in the process of engaging discussions with that offer, uh, the agency must 
uh, alert the offerer not only that there are concerns about the pricing, but that there has been a determination that the the pricing is unreasonably high because the LA didn't do that here with SAIC. You know, this was the first basis on which GAO sustained this case. Yeah, that's a great point. Kind of a double whammy against the agency here, but an interesting one. All right, so that's all we have for today. We'll continue to monitor shifts like this in the decisional law around these types of pricing issues as they're very thorny. Uh, But until next time, thanks for listening. The All Things Protest podcast is brought to you by Kroll & Mooring LLP. You can find more information at kroll.com slash allthingsprotest.